Hello and welcome to the Treasured Page podcast. I'm Melanie and this is our quiet crafting space. I'm coming to you from South West England and today it is slightly sunny, a nice blue sky and I'm just relaxing in my craft room having a little chat to you. Today's topic is going to be all about supplies, where to get them, what you need, the essentials to get going and things that you may not have considered that you could use. So this is episode nine. How are you all? I hope you're well. And I hope that you've listened to a few of the other podcasts and by now you're fully interested in maybe creating your own quiet crafting space and having a look at the things around you and seeing whether you could use some of your life clutter to turn it into a book or create something special, something worth keeping. You obviously thought you wanted to keep all the things in the first place. Maybe you'll do something with them on a rainy day or when you've got more time. Well, guess what? You're never going to have more time for a problem. So let's have a look at that today. Let's just see, could it not be a problem? Could it be a new exciting adventure that you are embarking on and it just happens to be a useful supply that you could add to your journals? But we're trying to get away from the scary thought of the big journal, trying to make the perfect journal. There is no such thing. There are so many different ways to make a journal. It's like making a quilt. There are lots of designs, lots of ideas, lots of methods. It's really up to you. I think I'll go back to why I started journaling or how I got into it, rather how I fell into it. So what I wanted to do was write a journal. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to keep a journal and document what was going on for me. And that was something that I had done in the past. I'd started a diary when I was 14. I used to love writing in it. And I would do that every single day. And I would write um, a little bit about my day. I never saw it as a chore. I thought that was great. And then I often would add things like a receipt for a special purchase. I would add tickets from wherever I'd been, such as a cinema. I would add little cards from a store, loyalty cards, all those sort of things, because I like to show what I'd been up to in my life. I used to talk about my friends, what friends I had. I used to keep letters from them because that was back in the day when we all had snail mail and we used to write and we didn't have texts and phones, mobile phones just weren't a thing. So writing postcards and receiving postcards, letters from friends was all still a popular pastime. I remember going to... Um, well, I went to university when I was younger and I remember a friend there. She came down the stairs and we had we'd rented a house together and we were in our second year of university. And she walked down the stairs and she was in her dressing gown and I hadn't seen her all day. I said, what have you been doing? And she just said, oh, I've been catching up on my correspondence. And I just thought even then that was a really old fashioned term. And, and it's stuck with me since. I'm catching up on my correspondence. I don't know if that was code for something else because she had been in her dressing gown all day. I think she'd been sleeping and or doing her hair or doing something. But to just come out with that, as, that was her excuse. I've been catching up on my correspondence. And 
you just wouldn't hear that today. We don't catch up on our correspondence unless we are writing an email, in which case you'd say, I'm checking my emails. It's just a term that uh, it was a bit of, of an old fashioned one for her even then to come out with it um, in the in the 90s. But uh, <laughs> but now we just wouldn't hear that today. So, yes, letter writing and writing on paper was a pastime, wasn't it? We all had special pens. We were excited by stationery. We loved the paper. We liked getting a brand new diary or a notepad, particularly if it had a pretty picture on the front or just echoed the style that we were into. Maybe growing up it was of a, of a band that we liked or um, a cat or a dog or something on it. But um, later on, maybe more uh, beautiful images or artwork and botanical images are now more appealing than the top of the pops or who's in the charts and who's the local heartthrob and this sort of thing but um, going back to writing was a big part of my growing up because my friends would do it I would do it and slowly slowly we sort of got away from that because text messages came in so we kept up to date via digital devices and emails and then I think we had Friends Reunited. Does anybody remember that? And uh, then, of course, Facebook. And so we had the social media and the, the networks and things that were born. And, and snail mail and just e even diary keeping and journaling um, are now considered a, a more mindful task, a slow down task. Uh, if you've always done it, then great. Whereas before it wasn't an option. If you wanted to keep in touch with your parents when you were uh, away from home, you had to write a letter. There was no other way unless you uh, spent money on a phone call, which was often a lot more expensive to do. So started to see some things on YouTube about planning. And I thought that's what I need. I need I need a planner. I need to plan out what my goals are for my life. That's what I need. I definitely need that. And I think then I started to buy papers that would allow me to write down my plans and my goals and put it into a traveller's style notebook, which I then bought, so thinking that might be the better thing. And of course that arrived and uh, there's such a commitment of putting pen to paper or making it look pretty and then I started seeing more things popping up on YouTube about people decorating their planners and bullet journals and making them look lovely and they had all the stickers and the stamps and the paraphernalia and I just thought that that seems like a lot of effort just for something that I have on my phone I mean how I don't really want to make the fact that I've got a dentist appointment that creative <laughs> it's something I want to get away from I don't want to know that I've got to go to the dentist next week or I've got a doctor's appointment or I've got to take children to go and get a new pair of shoes that's just what I have to do that isn't who I am that's just what I have to do so I, I couldn't get a creative about a schedule that's what that is it's just it's your it's your you've got to do it <laughs> sort of all oh right the car wants a service or the 
oh, the guttering needs cleaning. It's just life stuff. That That isn't who we are. That's what we have to do. So, yes, I didn't feel very inspired to start making a beautiful um, chevron across the page with uh, decorated hearts and flowers and then pretty inks and uh, calligraphy writing all to house the very bleak week that was um, do my accounts um, hairdressers and shopping for food just no <laughs> what a waste of paper for a start so um, it wasn't going to work for me that and I I sort of thought, yes, OK, but what am I going to do to work towards my goal? What is my goal? I thought, OK, well, um, OK, or well, maybe I could write down my goal and then I could work out how I'm going to achieve my goal. Um, but even that seemed like a step too far. So it felt a little bit like, you know, when you want a clean house or you, you just want your bathroom to be spotless at all times and and. It, you're annoyed when people use it and it, then you have to clean it. Maybe just me. Maybe you love cleaning. Um, but I buy a lot of cleaning prod products. When I go to the store, I look for the cleaning products. I get excited by the fact that this one is going to reduce the lime scale and make my uh, basin absolutely sparkly white and clean and fresh. And so I buy it. And then I think, um, oh, I'm going to need something to clean the toilet and I'll need something for the floor. And I buy all the things and I put them in the cupboard. And in my head, because I've bought the items, somehow the bathroom will magically clean itself. Only it doesn't work that way, does it? And I'm wondering if I've got the same mentality of journals because I've made several of them now and yet I'm still not planning my life in any one of them. <laughs> so I've come to the conclusion that just because I want something doesn't mean it's going to happen. There's obviously a fair amount of effort. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to get out the cleaning product and I have to physically clean the bathroom. And it can only be me because it's only me that has a problem with it. So if I've got a problem with something, I've got to sort it. I've got to clean up my mess. Same with the craft room. Same with the craft room. I've got piles of paper here at the moment and it really is getting slightly overwhelming. And the more I clear away, I do another creative project and out it all comes again and it looks like a bomb went off and there is just a cascade of papers everywhere. So much like the bathroom, it's annoying because once I've done the task once and I've cleaned it and it looks spotless and perfect and I'm happy with it because it looks like it does in the advert and how I want it to look. Two days later, it's back to square one. And it's the same with any kind of cleaning task and mess. And that just isn't my happy place. It just is one of those things that has to happen in order for us to function and feel great and clean and hygiene and all of those things. So when it comes to creativity and we buy all of the products, are we using them all? Are we using our supplies to the best of their ability or are we just buying them because, like the cleaning product, we want to have the artwork, but we just don't know how to get from A to B. And so with the same principle of cleaning the bathroom or the kitchen, 
you have to put the effort in, you have to take the product and you have to learn how to use that product and then you will get the results. And it's only by doing that regularly and doing it well that you will get the results that you want. So if you start putting down some paint or ink or papers, chances are you're not going to be 100% happy with it the first time. And that is because you have to keep working at it like anything in life, anything at all. And then you will create the journal that you're happy with. And then as you practice more and more, you'll find that your journal pages are becoming different that you probably look at them in a different way. And if you keep your first original pages that you made and then have a look at your journey of how far you've come over the weeks to come, you'll see a change, you'll see a shift, you'll see how you've learned to use different things. If you put your papers in one position and then you layer another paper over it in a slightly different position, you'll find that it becomes more intuitive, more pleasing because your brain is learning, you're learning, you're adapting, you're using colour, you're adding words, you're putting motion into your artwork. Whilst I'm okay with artwork and that feels quite natural to me, cleaning the kitchen doesn't feel natural to me. It feels like a waste of time because someone's going to trash it. They're going to come in and they're going to put their stuff all over the surfaces and we'll be back to square one again. But that's just how it is, isn't it? That's the same for everybody all over the world. So it's a mindset. So approaching your journal is a positive. You need to find a positive mindset with it and think, OK, so everything else is a mess. The kitchen, the bathroom, the craft room today, right now, it all could use a little bit of elbow grease, a little bit of work. Is my journal a mess or am I keeping that really neat? What's the one bit in my home that I'm keeping really neat and really focusing on? And then whatever that is, that's your passion. And if it's your craft table and you've got it all beautiful and you've got all things lined up and you're all ready to go. But if other areas of your home are a complete um, muddle, then you can see where you're applying your time and your passion and your focus and then comes the times where everything feels like a muddle. So your home's in a muddle, your craft room's in a muddle, the craft table's in a muddle, you can't find things, you've lost your scissors, you've lost your glue, you've run out of glue, you've left the glue lid off. That's another thing I do. Um, the papers that you were going to use to make a page that you were quite excited with have gone missing. They're under another pile of something, it's possibly fallen down the side of the heater or the radiator um, you just don't know this is where I've been for the last couple of weeks because I've been really really busy doing a lot of creative projects and it's got to a point now where I can't function I mean I'm literally looking at it thinking I'm not inspired only two days ago I was inspired so two days and then it's chaos again utter chaos so Let's have a look at my craft desk. I'll, I'll talk you through. It, it, I don't know if we've got enough time. <laughs> so at all times, 
close by, I need to have a coaster to put a cup of tea or a, or a hot coffee on. That is essential. It's an essential crafting item and I will have it there no matter how much my art teacher's um, words are ringing in my ears that you shouldn't have hot beverage or food anywhere near your artwork because of spillages and it's just not good practice. You don't want to have greasy snack cans all over your artwork so I have taken that on board and I don't eat anywhere near my craft items or my artwork because I agree with her there but I desperately do not agree with my art teacher from the past about having a hot drink. That is essential, that is there to stay. <laughs> then I have to have scissors. I can't just have one pair. One pair would be adequate, but I can't have one pair. I need to have at least 10, probably, that I own in the craft room, and I don't know where any of them are. They are supposed to be in an upright pen pot in front of me. And most of the time they make their way back there at the end of the day but more often than not I can't see them even though they are spread just out of my peripheral vision left or right there there's somewhere they might be but if they're not in front of me they don't exist I need them there either in my hand or right in front of me um but looking at it now I seem to have one two three four Four oh, there's five. I actually don't know how many I have. Let's get them out. I don't even know. I'll give you a rundown of what I've got. Okay, so I have a long pair of fabric scissors. They're quite good for cutting longer pieces of fabric, and they're so they're long, long and thin fabric scissors. I've then got a shorter smaller pair of fabric scissors also useful but I can see that there's glue deposits on here which means I've been using them for paper as well. So they're my junk journaling scissors not necessarily my special fabric scissors although they are made for fabric so we are being a rebel there and using them for paper and for fabric and just hoping for the best. I have a standard pair of craft scissors, just something that I picked up from the craft shop. They're quite nice. They've got rubber handles. They feel quite nice in my hand. Uh, stainless steel, black and white. They've got a big X on them. And this company make hole punches like circle punches, but I don't like them because they're too chunky. That's the hole punch, not the scissors. The scissors are all right, but I think they're starting to dull. So, yeah, I, I kind of have a lot of scissors for different tasks. I've then got another pair which I picked up. Now, these are not comfortable in my hand, but they are nice and sharp. So they're OK for the very quick snippety snip project, but I wouldn't want to sit there trying to fussy cut because they hurt. But they look pretty because they're gold. So, you know, they're there for aesthetics rather than any practical use. And then I have got uh, Tonic Studios Tim Holtz little fussy cutting scissors. Also now I can see caked in glue so I might go and wash those. They've got sort of a serrated edge which is supposed to help fussy cut but I'm not getting on with these ones guys. I'm just... I know I well I bought them because I'd heard such good things and a lot of crafters recommend them but at the moment they are not... They Maybe they take... A little bit more practice like everything else 
but I didn't find that I was getting the job done very quickly with those. I couldn't glide around the corner. It is a very precise cut that it gives you on a fussy cut. I might just, let's just have a little go here. Oh, Anita. So I pick these up when I'm trying to do a video and I just need it to work, but I don't know what it is that I just... They sort of judder, if that makes us, makes any sense. They're serrated and... I mean, they're cut, they're very good, but not sure. So these are the smaller ones. And so that's it. Yeah, five pairs of scissors. Oh, then I've got sort of fancy ones, which I didn't even know I had. These are ones that make scallops. Like, a, not scallops, but... Um, Oh, uh, corner edges. Oh, I didn't know I had these. Oh, it's a corner edger. Oh, I picked these up in the uh, charity shop a few months back and I haven't actually used them because I forgot that I had them. So we could do that. I'll, I must use these things. Then I do have serrated edge. Um, I do have like pinking shears, scalloped edges, scalloped scissors. Those are good. I like those. Um... I don't know where I got them. It hasn't got a brand name on them. But you cut them one way and you get a nice scalloped edge. And then if you sort of manoeuvre them around, I can get a pinking shear, pinked edge, uh, which looks like a stamp. So those are useful. Oh, that's where they went. Oh, I found another pair now. These are Westcoat or Westcott titanium scissors. Oh, they're good. Oh, okay. So there we go. I've got some scissors now. I've got four large pairs of scissors, one of which is fabric. Oh, two are fabric and two are paper. Okay, there we go. Two fabric and two paper. Four. And then we've got the Tim Holtz snippety snips and then a little pair of fabric. Yeah, I've got six pairs of scissors and seven with a scalloped edge. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like a lot sometimes when you're just in the zone and you need to have the things to hand. I need a bone folder. I do like that. This is covered in glue, so this wants a wash. I use that a lot. A uh, craft knife is very good and a pokey tool, but I do use a proper book binders all, which is A-W-L all, and that has multiple uses. It's very good. So I wouldn't be able to get by without one of those, I don't think. Well, I could. I'd have to use a needle. Um, and then glue. Glue is a big subject, I suppose. But I have currently got one, two, three, four. I've lost the stick glue. Wherever the stick glue is, that makes five. And I'll just tell you what that all is. I've got a bottle of three-in-one from Beacon. That's advanced craft glue. It's a silicon-based glue. Very good for paper and fabric. And then for super strong projects, anything archival, I use Fabri-Tac, which bonds fabric, lace, glass, leather, wood, trim, everything, as does everything. And it grabs and holds very, very quickly. I've got the Art Glitter Glue Adhesive because I like the precision... Um, nib applicator that you can get and I've also got another little bottle here which I've bought 
from the craft store little plastic bottles with another precision nib on it and um, that has got coral glue in in that and we get that in Europe and that is another sort of silicon based glue so it's not water based but then on the floor I have PVA glue which I will use for collage that's quite a wet glue. I wouldn't use that for digital kits because the water content in it can smear the ink. So that's a top tip. So it is quite good to use maybe the silicon based glues for that. Um, art glitter glue, that, that can run inks on digi kits. Um, we've got a stick glue here. That's not a very good one. That's a. I don't buy the shop own brand anymore. I've had too many projects where things have ended up peeling up a couple of months later they all seem like they're doing really well and then a couple of months later they're just peeling up so I like to journal for archival reasons I've got it in my head that my journals will be of value in the future and I would like to pass them on some to my children and some to others and it would be unacceptable to me if I found out that things were peeling up because I like them, them to be as I intended them to be for the next 50 years. Much like my cleaning endeavours, if I could just clean once and then it's remain like that for the next 50 years, I'd be a happy woman. But that's not realistic, is it? So I have to do that <laughs> for my journals because then I can live in this fantasy bubble that once I have done something once, it will stay and remain. So when I went to university, I was studying metalwork and silversmithing. And I very much liked that. Um, I suppose it's not really, well, it is a craft, but it's um, a discipline. I suppose I liked it because once you put metal somewhere, it's not going to move, unlike a ceramic course, which I also loved as well. So that's a little bit of a, a Jekyll and Hyde. I loved pottery and ceramics, but I also like metalwork. And I like metalwork from the point that if I put it, so if I bent it into a shape, it's going to stay there forever. Oh, lovely. You So you only have to do the job once. <laughs> Whereas uh, ceramic, you want it to go upright, but it's not going to necessarily stay there. So uh, you have to be more relaxed with your expectations. Um, but I liked that as well. So there's one side of me that likes to have things neat and orderly and where I put them and they remain and I don't have to do any more effort to them. And that would be great. And then there's the other side of me who doesn't mind one bit if the pot flops and looks like nothing I intended because I'm okay with that organic mess so <laughs> I don't know if that's me or if that's relatable to other people but I live in an absolute wreck of a mess that is the craft room for about three days and then I start to shut down and I can't function in it so about three to five days in and I notice that my creativity levels go and that's usually because I've lost the glue and I can't physically get on. So uh, when things start getting lost and I start getting annoyed and then my outlet for my emotions and my passions becomes either a chore or a struggle or a frustration, that can be 
very difficult. So I think we have to adopt a certain amount of discipline in the craft room and have a look at our supplies and keep them nice and neat, tidy and orderly. We'll certainly provide places for them. Then there's slightly more chance that the uh, hole punches might go back to the drawer in which you had intended them to live. There's no guarantee. Uh, and I don't think we are all that super organised, but I have seen a few that are. And um, my heart and my hat goes out to you because you must be spending an awful lot of your free time making your craft rooms beautiful. And are you actually getting any work done? Because I couldn't, I couldn't uh, keep everything that pristine. Um, but I'm, I don't think I'm doing too badly today. I've got some areas I'm pleased with and other areas which are a bomb site. Um, but yeah, the desk is now becoming to a point where I have to do a few things to it. Um, I've got scraps and remnants of so many different projects on here now that we just need to do some scrap busting craft projects. And I love that because that's this, that's how it begins. That's you sit down and you start playing with the scraps and that's where the ideas come from. And then you can feel relaxed into it. And you can see where your heart wants to take you. And if if you're supposed to be doing Christmas uh, decorations or Christmas crafts and your heart just isn't in Christmas decorations and Christmas crafts and you just want to be in summer and spring, then do summer and spring. Do autumn, do anything. You don't have to be doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. That's the whole point. Do what you want. It's yours. It's your gonna it's gonna be your ephemera to make, your book to make. And uh I think once we start having a few pressures on us to do things, um, they stop being fun. And if things aren't feeling fun, then you're not doing it right. So we need to we need to address that and just start doing the crafts that you want to do if you've got a journal and it feels like a bit of a slog just to finish it off and you, you you don't want to be annoyed with yourself for having an unfinished project just you should be expressing what you need to express today not what you were expressing two months ago and then still haven't finished it leave it because when you come back you'll open it up and you'll have the spark of inspiration and whatever page you were hung up on before you might find that it needs to have something different from the future you with the future items and supplies that you will have and that's okay so don't worry about that at all just do what you feel like doing today in your quiet crafting space because it's all about you in your space it's not about anyone else that's the whole point we do a lot of things for everybody else all of the time like cleaning the house and sorting everybody out and making sure things are right and correct and if you've got jobs then you're doing all of that and you're doing things for other people a lot of your time whether you realize it or not you are because you've still got to maintain your living space, your home, you've got to pay bills, you've got to do all of those things, you're doing things for other people and you've got to factor in that time for you and it is really really nice if you've kept things in a nice way so 
do this week just spend some time getting one area of your craft room happy and and tidy and so that you if you've bought the storage container and and now like me I've bought three storage containers and I don't know what to put in them but it, it is going to take me an hour to sit down and go through all my papers but I know I've got to do it otherwise it will not get done there's no one else that's going to do it and the piles of paper will just build up and I won't find the thing and I've lost a really important piece of paper with a list on it and I need it so I've got to tidy up um, so yes it's all about finding time isn't it uh, but you find time for a dentist appointment, you find time for the hairdressers and, and going to the shops to buy your food. So you've got to find time for you and you've got to put that in your schedule or your diary or your app or your phone or your calendar. You've got to put that on like an appointment. Just put an appointment. Give it a code. Sometimes if we put me time, it just seems overindulgent, doesn't it? But it's not. It's essential. This is essential as going to the doctors or going to the dentist it's like an optician you you know you have to do it so you put it in your schedule as a little code word for only you you know you're all oh, right yeah i must do that no sorry uh, i can't do that at 11 o'clock on tuesday yeah because i've got the appointment with the um with the scissors yeah <laughs> with the we well, i've got that special appointment um uh, with the book binders. Yeah, I've got an appointment with the book binders. There we go. Make a book binders appointment and um, and then everybody will go, what's that? Oh, it's, uh, it's something that I have to do. And it's online and I need to log in and have a little look at that. And then I shall be with you in about two hours. <laughs> it's a two hour appointment. Oh, yes. Uh, you're going to the craft room, aren't you? Absolutely. I shall be there for three weeks. Come and dig me out. <laughs> dig me out from under the paper and the glue. And um, bring snacks. Bring gin. Bring anything. Just leave me be. Leave the tray by the door. I don't want to be disturbed. <laughs> I have weeks like that. Um, I don't drink gin. That's a lie. I drink tea. Uh, just bring tea. In fact... That's what I need for Christmas is a tea making teapot, self making hot pot. Oh, I'll have a crock pot in the craft room and a coffee making machine and a mini fridge. And then I won't need to leave. Uh, I might build a bunker out of all the piles of paper that I've got here and I'm just going to stay in here until I'm ready to come out again. That could be an idea. Sometimes we just need to have our quiet spaces and, uh, yeah, make sure you've got yours. And make sure you have an appointment with yourself. Make sure you've got your craft supplies around you, that they're clean, that they're neat, that they you know where to find them. Keep the scraps to a minimum on the table. Have another bucket or a bin or a box or a suitcase or a, a, a whole warehouse. <laughs> Uh, don't have it all on top of you. If you can put the papers in a big box, if you can store them up in a big cardboard box and you've got space for it under your bed, in your garage, in a loft, somewhere under the stairs, that might be preferable than having them all around you because that clutters your mind and then you can't 
work in your best way. So try and keep everything as clear as you can and to adopt a little discipline because it is it is really important that you have your quiet crafting space. And I don't mean silence. I mean clear, clear of clutter just as much as as a quiet uh, as in sound. I mean calm. I mean slow. I mean a place where you can go and it's how you want it. Even if that is piles of paper everywhere and those are your things and you feel comfort in that, that's fine. But make sure when you come and sit down that you're not got it all dropping in on you to a point where you feel if if that feels fine and that's how you like it, then absolutely. But if it starts to feel overwhelming and then you're not creating because your space is now not working for you, you do need to address that. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I bring these out on a Monday and a Thursday and I will be back with you very soon. Have a look at my videos over on YouTube, the treasured page. But above everything else, guys, just slow down and make crafting time for you. Bye bye now. (laughs) 